Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, uh, I want to talk about heartbreak, heartbreak and disappointment, uh, which is something that you can't avoid. (laughs) Your children are going to experience. We've all experienced. And to learn how to help guide your child through heartbreak in a way that's really healthy, that builds emotional resilience and leaves them stronger and better than before. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So this is a really important podcast, and I would suggest, first of all, going back and listening to my earliest podcasts that really talk about the calm technique, because that's going to be central to this discussion today, but also to listen to the previous podcast that I did on big hurts and little hurts. So I think those will both be really important foundations for what I want to talk about today. So here is the you know really tough thing about being a parent when your child experiences heartbreak. So someone has broken up with them. A best friend has decided not to be their friend anymore. A, a really important birthday party happened and they were left out and not invited. They didn't get a job that they wanted. They didn't make a team that they've been working really hard to be part of. These things are really painful and they are really difficult. And there is nothing harder than watching your child experience deep heartbreak. It is incredibly painful and there are ways to deal with it and you, and to help your child through this. And that's what this podcast is about today. I'm going to focus it primarily on teens today. Although I, if you have little kids listen anyway, because this is unavoidable, your six-year-old, your eight-year-old, your nine-year-old is going to experience this in five, six, seven years that nobody gets out of, of life unscathed without some kind of heartbreak. So having the tools, knowing how to deal with it with confidence from a place of love, not fear is absolutely critical. And again, when your kids are little, you can put them on your lap you can, you know, get their teddy bear, you can snuggle them up and you can make big hurts go away. With teenagers and young adults who have uh, sovereignty over their own lives, who are making their own decisions, and it's really not appropriate for you to be part of their decision-making anymore. um, It is really, really painful for a parent to watch their child hurt or make choices that lead to them being very hurt. So this is a very, very important skill. So let's take a breakup because those, you know, few, that's why every song and the, every movie, like heartbreak is built into the fabric of the human condition. And I would say no one gets out of this life without experiencing it to some degree. You know, it's a miracle if you don't. Um, And as painful as it is, there is often a very important gift. So again, this comes back to a very central uh, point that I make often in my podcast. And that is for you and for your child, especially for your teenager or your um, young adult, it's really important for them to first of all, have the initial feeling, sink into it, lean into it, feel it. You can't go under it. You can't go over it and you can't go around it. 
in order to truly deal with heartbreak, in order to truly get through it, and really time is the most important factor here, you you have to walk straight through it. The more you try to avoid, the more you try to distract, the longer it takes to actually get through it. So there is some value into being able to just kind of lean into it. And that's true with anything we're going through that's negative. So that's the first thing. It's the hardest thing to watch. It's the hardest thing to be there for while your child is going through it. But it it really, really is incredibly important. Now, this phase can take a while. And this is where you're using uh, the calm technique, where you're soothing your child and just being present in their pain. And that kind of goes up and down. There'll be moments where it's very, very intense and then they'll feel a little bit better and then it's intense again. And and then there's a little bit more time before they um, go through an intense bout again. There's there's a process when you're grieving any kind of relationship and it's, it's being present there. And we'll talk about that in a second. The second phase of this, after you finish the first phase, is really to look at the entire situation, whether it's the breakup or not getting, you know, being part of the team or whatever it is and look at the situation and and find your lesson. And I always talk about this in, in my podcast, but it's so important in life. If you are a victim, you will be powerless. If you are a student, you will have power. So you want to be the, you don't want to be the victim. You want to be the victor, right? So how can I look, how can you help your child look at this breakup and see the gift? Because there is a gift. What was I supposed to learn here? How can this make me a better boyfriend, a better girlfriend? You know, where am I actually, was I losing myself with this person? Or was I, you know, missing out on other things because of this person? Or what can I do? What can I change? How can I grow in order to have a better, healthier relationship next time? Or or to choose a, a happier, healthier person to partner up with. There's always a lesson. And when you can look at life and and really focus on what can I learn? What's my lesson? What I, what I need to learn here? Um, and it's action oriented. That's going to lead to happiness and growth. If your child or your teenager stays in victim mode, this is terrible. It always happens to me. You know, men are mean, girls are jerks. Um, it's just the way it happens. And this is very strong sense of um, and what's called an external locus of control, that I'm a victim of my circumstances. Things are happening to me. Uh, versus an internal locus of control, I can actually have an impact on my life. I can choose to learn from the things that happen to me. I can choose to be a better, stronger version of myself when I learn these these really difficult life lessons. The second one, of course, leads to growth and leads to emotional resilience and good mental health. The first one can can, keep, keep kids stuck and people stuck for a lifetime in uh, a state of victimhood. Now, this is very difficult because if you jump to phase two too early, it will be experienced as invalidating and you don't care and you're not listening to me and you're on their side and I don't want to hear why this is a good thing and how dare you say this is a good thing. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So if you jump too quickly to that stage, you're not going to help your child to the fullest. So it's requiring the patience um, and the presence uh, to kind of stay with them where they are at. So this is why going back and listening to the first uh, couple of podcasts is really important because this is where, this is where the calm technique is absolute gold. When you know how to sit with your child and just stay with them, just mirror back, 
you know, it's so hard. I can't believe this. And it's so painful. And you never saw this coming. And how could this happen? Like you're, and again, here, my neutrality, it's not, Oh my God, this is terrible. How could this have happened to you? It can't sound like that. If it sounds like that, it's about you. They will feel that it's now about you and you'll be so upset that they won't want to talk to you because they can't handle their upset and yours. It's too much. You have to approach it from this place of knowing this loving detachment where you know they will get through it. You know, in two or three weeks, it will get better. It will get easier. And in a month or two, it will get much easier. You also know that they'll look back and they probably won't even remember this person. Um, and, and that, but you don't want to tell them that right away. And you don't want to launch into your stories. I had a boyfriend and that's too early, too early for that. They'll ask you, I'll, you know, in a few moments, I'll, I'll tell you when, when that time would be appropriate and what clues to actually look for, how you you'll know that it's time to go there. The first phase of this is just to be present and then you can soothe, right? Can I get you something? Do you need anything? Re reassuring them that this is hard. You know, it's hard. It's painful. Time is really the only thing that can help. They will escalate and, and cry and you'll just be there kind of rubbing their back or whatever it is. You can dart in and you can dart out. You don't want to lose yourself in this whole situation and spend 24 hours a day with them when they're going through this. You're going to actually deplete yourself um, and you're not going to be much used to them if you're completely burnt out. So it's okay to be with them for a little while and then give them a kiss and say, I know you're going to get through this, but I got some stuff I need to do. I'll come back and I'll check on you. I know you're going to be okay. Those messages of confidence will be okay there. What you'll notice is there's a really intense, the first two or three days of a really deep upset, like a breakup are really difficult. Um, there will be moments though, the brain can't stay in a really devastated state for too long. So they'll kind of, you know, sniffle and call a friend or they'll watch TV for a minute and then they'll remember and then the air gets sucked out of their lungs again when they remember that this thing is actually really happening. Um, and that you'll start to notice is there'll be bigger um, moments in between that the sort of recovery time, the recuperation is a little bit better. They're talking about other things, they're doing other things, and then they go through another bout where they're really hurt. And you just repeat that pattern of the mirroring, the connection, holding space for them, and then darting in and out if you need to. Uh, typically, depending on your child and how sensitive they are and what they've been through before, if this is a first breakup or if there's, you know, if there's been a few, or if it's coming on the heels of other disappointments, it can take a little bit longer. Um, but the, generally the first few days are really hard and the first two or three weeks are really hard. And then you'll see them just kind of talking about it less and doing other things and thinking about other things and kind of getting back to it. That's the stage where you want to start introducing the idea that as horrible as this is part of what helps you, um, get through things and also make sure things like this don't happen again is to find your lesson. Where is the secret blessing here? What did I learn? Maybe it's a time to look back and, and see some of the flaws in that person. Even if you thought this was a terrible match for your child in the earliest phase of this, when you try to say, well, you know, this wasn't so great about them and they weren't great, they'll defend them. That's not fair. That's not true. It, it won't go very well. This is the phase now where they're sort of recuperating and recovering that you can maybe start to talk about um, some of the things that were maybe not great about that relationship and maybe some of the things that, um, you know, they could learn and apply to a future relationship, or maybe they need to concentrate on themselves for a little while. And this phase, this phase is much less intense. 
Um, and again, there's, there's this pattern of what's called an empathic response and empathic failure. So you'll go along and think, oh, we're having a really productive discussion about this. And then you will just step in, in one of these imaginary landmines. You'll say something that isn't right, or they're, you know, you'll say something that didn't quite land properly and there'll be tears again and you don't get it. And you'll end up back in that place. And then you just, then you do the empathic repair. Then you say, you know what? Of course, you don't want to hear that right now. What you want to do right now is think of all the good things and it's okay to repair. Um, I know I'm pretty sure one of my earliest podcasts is on repair. It teaches you how to do a really good, solid repair. So you can sort of recuperate the conversation, but it's going to have that rhythm right? It's going to, there's going to be moments where it's going really well, and then they're going to retract back into crying and then it'll go really well again. Um, it's really important through this that you, you help your child and you parent your child from a place of love, not fear. If you're thinking, my God, they're never going to find another relationship. This is terrible. Or if you're thinking, oh, they were, you know, it was their fault and they're not seeing it and they've got to learn this now, or it's going to happen again. If, if that's where you're approaching the conversation from, um, it's not going to work. Your child is going to sense your angst, your fear, your agitation, and they're going to reject your message. You must sit in this place of trusting that your child will get through this, trusting that there's some really important learning in this that they have to go through, um, not around over or under. Um, you can do the darting in and darting out so that you don't get burnt out and you don't get fatigued. It's okay at a certain point to say to your child, I love you dearly and I love you deeply but this is something you need to be going through and I'm, I'm happy to help you, but I need to go and do my own thing for a little bit because I feel like I'm getting really tired and I'm not going to be any use to you if I'm completely burnt out and tired. Um, you will have moments where you're going to be exasper you know, exasperated and think, oh, why aren't they over this already? This is ridiculous. Um, and again, you've got, again, that's coming from a place of fear. You have to try and check that a little bit. Sometimes it's really helpful to go back in the past and think of things that you've gone through and gotten through, especially if you've gotten to a place where you can actually look back and go, wow, I'm really happy that happened. I actually dodged a bullet there. Um, you know, it can be helpful to look back on your child's life, you know, when there were moments where you thought they were not going to make it through and they did, you must hold a place in your mind where you see their strength and you believe that they're going to get through it. Because if you don't believe that, then your child is never going to believe that. So this is one of the harder things in parenting. Um, and I would love to tell you that it's a phase that you'll get through, but even with adult children, if they have trouble with their children or God forbid they go through, you know, something really tragic or a divorce or, you know, big things, even when your child is an adult, it is very difficult to watch your kids, your loved ones go through this. Um, and it's really important to get good at this when you can handle, when you can cycle through and in a really healthy way, help your child through heartbreak. It is applicable to friends, to other family members. It is applicable to yourself, actually. Um, it is a great skill to have in your parenting repertoire. So again, go back and listen to earlier episodes. That can be really helpful. Don't forget I have the mental health comedy podcast, which is available on all the different platforms, which is you know really dealing with strategies and actual things that you can do. And it's much more lighthearted and and funny. We talk to comedians about their own lives. So that's a great resource. And again, if uh, the course, the parenting course is out there and it's available, we've got a huge community of families from all over the world that are really enjoying the course. They're seeing changes. This methodology is actually a beautiful, beautiful way to parent your child and, uh, and a great gift to them and to their children. 
So uh, we'll see you again for the next episode of Connected Parenting. Thanks. Hi, I'm Barrett Caleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.